So have you seen that Lib Dems have got a fucking merch stand? Oh conference? god, I saw that article in the Mirror um, where they've got like <laughs> branded coffee cups with like Ed Davies' face on them. It's yeah. like, yeah. So what do I need? I nearly need a memento of this particular Lib Dem cabinet. The John Poo fridge magnets or Pew? Oh god, I'm magnets. not sure whether it's the angle they've taken it at or whether his forehead actually is four foot tall. Very well might be because we've never seen what these people actually look like in the real yeah. world. Because you know they never leave wherever it is that Lib Dems come from. But you know they got bullshit things like. What the kind of shit that you'd sell at a stupid fucking Lib Tem merch stand? Like Alex the Carmichael branded toaster, where on one side of the toaster it brands you brands your toast with a Lib Dem logo, on the other side, Alistair Carmichael's lying <laughs> face. Lib Dem QVC. <laughs> yeah. So here we've got a lovely item, a really lovely item. I love this. It's a, a Tom Brake four pan wok. It's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Baroness Britain ice cream scoop where I love this little feature you press this button it brands her face caramelises her face <laughs> only, into the side of your scoop only works on vanilla though <laughs> only, works on, only works on raspberry ripple it seems like it has a little vein of red through there but actually it's just vanilla ice cream <laughs> like a Vince Cable action figure with removable fucking hat and values <laughs> we get real weird with it the Nick Clegg prosciutto derinder <laughs> Aren't you irritated with the fact that all of your politics comes with a thick vein of fat on the side? Here comes Let's... Nick Clegg. He's going to trim that fat away. He's going to trim the fat. Just like he did with your education maintenance allowance. <laughs> I've got. I've just got it in my head. The Tim Farron medical nipple. <laughs> Whoa. Tim Farron branded frog organic frog milk. Whoa, no one wants that. <laughs> but it's from his own personal farm. His personal frog farm. His frog farm that are fed on they're fed on pure distilled water, not the water that will turn your frogs gay. <laughs> not that not that damn government water. <laughs> the Joe Swinson spirit level. It seems like it's in the centre. But actually, it constantly swings to the right. No matter what angle you put it at, you can put it up on a ceiling, you can put it up against a wall, 90 degrees, 180 degrees, all of it, it will always stay in the centre. Or it will just look like it's in the centre, even though it's leaning wildly to the right on economic and social matters. (laughs) Paddy Ashdown menstrual pants, because the blood just wipes away. All of the blood. I always think Paddy Ashdown would have like a series of either a, either one of those commemorative dioramas because he goes to the the older crowd. You know, he's like those kind of five pound minted coin things mm. that they sell to old people. Yeah. But like a Paddy Pants Down commemorative plate set commemorating all of his victories in war, and they're all just redacted, <laughs> just black plates <laughs> with a beautiful Middle Eastern pattern. <laughs> Blood red it is. <laughs> Made in Yemen like his career. A series of magazines, if you subscribe to Lib Dem Monthly, first issue only £1.50, then they jack up the price. <laughs> you collect they jack it up to £9,000. <laughs> you collect... <laughs> you can... Hello, welcome to episode 29 of We Don't Talk About The Weather, brought to you by Progress and Listerine Clean Cool Mouthwash. For that fresh feeling when you've never sworn online, and that makes your political opinions more valid. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, I'm Adam, and I'm here with you. Hello. And we're here to talk about this week's news. Um, We had a week off. 
Yeah, we had a week off because I was kind of getting, I was had a cold stroke we, flu thing. We were both ill, and it definitely, definitely had nothing to do with destiny. <laughs> the thing is, it didn't. I was. Very it literally Ill. didn't. I was at work the entire time, like flipping out. I just have three max level characters, <laughs> but I was ill as well. That's why I was able to do monotonous grinding. I had a brain fever, but luckily I took all of my brain tonic, and now I'm better. If <laughs> I got gigantism, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so a lot's happened in two weeks. Yeah, um, so we had Parliament come back um, and debate the huge Brexit bill. We had TUC conference. We also had the Lib Dem conference, and mm-hmm. we had Tony Blair coming back and having a huge go at somebody oh, again. He does, he does that. He does that yeah. all the time. He's a bit of a piece of shit. But yeah, so what have we got? Yeah, so we're going to start with the Lib Dem conference. The Lib Dem conference is on right now. I do. I love a good Lib Dem conference. Um, a thing I found out, they have a choir. Uh-huh. Junkie choir? No, it's just, it's just like a proper choir that sings like just shitty, shitty like seventies songs. It sings the great Lib Dem anthems of the fifties <laughs> and sixties. <laughs> um, um, I'm trying to think of what would be what would be like a, a good a traditional folk song that would work for like the Lib Dems. You know, like um, like the Red Flag. Um, and actually, a lot of there's a lot of very good folk union songs. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, there's not many songs that talk about how actually the legitimate concerns. <laughs> um, and you know, how if we had but world enough and time, would <laughs> this co- this coalition lady would be no crime. <laughs> <laughs> They've come out with their, their, their one of their big numbers. There's too much power in a union. <laughs> um, nice, nice. Um, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. Sung unironically. <laughs> Just sung completely straight. <laughs> well, Tim Farron stares directly into your That's eyes. That's why I'm taking your name. <laughs> but I um, did see um, that little gif that they put out, thinking that Vince Cable would come across as I imagine, like charming and sweet. Where he's putting on a, putting on a it was a, it was an announcement winking. for a party political broadcast. Ugh. I don't know what the rules are for a party political broadcasts outside of election time. Um, if you just put them on the you, I guess you fine. can just do them anyway but it was a four second clip of him putting on a hat and like um, winking s- cock, like yeah winking or staring at people cockeyed looks like a serial killer he looks like a very very utriable candidate he like um, I did see someone on Twitter described it as George Galloway shaving off all his facial hair to run away from the CSA <laughs> Because <laughs> it is a George Galloway hat. It's yeah, a Galloway it's, it hat is the Galloway, Galloway hat, hat, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, but it's like it's sort of like it's not even the fedora. You know, like for the fedora has the kind of trim thing. It's yeah. more like a kind of. It is an old man hat. It's like it's a kind a of old man hat. yeah. Um, it's like that hat. Actually, it's similar to that hat. Do you remember Dick Cheney um, when Obama was getting sworn in? And Dick Cheney was there in a wheelchair in his huge black coat with his oh, black hat and he kept grinning. It's exactly the same hat. The hat like the Nazi in um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, yes, exactly the same. And it's a black coat as well. Yeah. I don't know what they were going for because, I mean, I, well, I know what they were going for. They were going for some kind of like ironic meme stuff, mm. but they don't, they what is it with people that they cannot get memes? Because we had Activate the other day mm. trying to start their own memes and not being able to do it. And it's, do they not understand how that stuff works? How it has to gather some momentum um, before... Um, I don't think they understand how a lot of it... Well, there's a, a figure I mean, look, I don't it's... understand a lot of where it comes from. But I understand when I see like something that actually is internet and not internet. Well, Do you know what as, I mean? Well, seeing as the Lib Dems don't seem to understand the basics of Keynesian economics, 
I imagine they won't be able to understand something as advanced as a meme. <laughs> They're not very good at the advanced meme sciences. <laughs> no, they never bothered doing them. They just went off. They went to LSE. They did their economics degrees. Barely paid any attention because they were too busy. I don't know, selling yellow pin badges and <laughs> saying that yeah, definitely we'll get rid of tuition fees. <laughs> and then you know, what if you liked this thing but not? Yeah. Oh, fuck it. I saw Nick Clegg said that the Labour Party are. Um, they're being very silly demonising austerity because, you know, celebrating austerity is a sure vote winner. Also, isn't it like an exact opposition to what his party have been trying to say? Is he their Blair now? I think he is their Blair. That's awesome. Nick Clegg, noted election winner Nick Clegg. (laughs) Nick Clegg, who the vote share of the Liberal Democrats went down year on year after Charles Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah. And then progressively went down even more under the, um, after they joined the Tories. I think their vote share went down in the last election, but they had more MPs. Yeah, so they, sort of, they won back a couple of seats. But they lost vote share across the country. Um, I know in Wales, um, in the Welsh Assembly, they do worse than the vote to get rid of the Welsh Assembly. <laughs> they also held the Welsh Lib Dem Conference in secret. As they should. In private. And their, um, uh, like... Logo for the um, conference was oh. open government. <laughs> <laughs> open government and closed committee hearings. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's the Welsh Lib Dem conference. Who fucking cares? Well, yeah, like, they're, they're, no, they're never going to do well. But it's the idea of having these secret meetings. They're fl- they're flailing and rightly so because they've yeah. like they're still no. they're still saying they're still saying the same old thing. Sorry, carry on. Vince Cable was on LBC saying that he could definitely win. Just look at Macron. He didn't even have a party. And now he's the most hated man in France. <laughs> we didn't say that bit. But, you know, they could they could have the amazing electoral success of, of Emmanuel Macron. <laughs> the man who... I could, I could see the French dusting off an old guillotine for him soon. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're flailing, and rightly so, because mm. they're still relying on that old hymn book of... Um, well, as soon as the traditional two-party structure breaks down, hmm. it's like the old kind of um, the really rigid left revolutionaries in the uh, in the seventies. Hmm. It's like all we need to do is just wait <laughs> for everything to be completely fucked, and then we can do something. Yeah, great. <laughs> the Ooh, like, what do you want to do? <laughs> it's like sort of Posadist, except for nu- instead of nuclear war, it's Brexit. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously they're, they're wrong. <laughs> well, their huge thing is Brexit, and yet they still voted at conference to. Um, they rejected the no- the notion that part of their platform should be cancelling Brexit, should be ignoring the referendum. Well, that didn't help them last time, so... Well, I mean, it, but it, it kind of shows, like, it's... They don't care about anything. As a political reality, people kind of recognise that, like, it's going to happen. It's just what how it happens, and that the dynamics around it really emphasise something deep within, like, British society that actually... It was truthful. People are sick of the European Union, mm. and people who really love the European Union or have discovered their love, their massive love for the European Union, yeah. all of a sudden, tend to be from a certain class, yeah. and tend to emphasise certain benefits of the EU over certain massive pitfalls. Yeah, as oh. in the actual pits that the <laughs> EU herds refugees into. <laughs> the pits full of pudgy sticks that they've dug all around fences. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did. Uh, James O'Brien was doing his thing this morning, mm. quoting Churchill about the European Union, as if quoting Churchill at me is going to make me a big fan of the European Union. It's like <laughs> you're making me hate it. It's like tr- Remainers are really 
the more Remainers go on and on and on about it, I'm starting to get real anti-EU. <laughs> oh, no, it it's maddening. Um, actually, at the conference, they even voted down the fact that um, they were going to go for yeah, yeah. the referendum. They rejected yeah. that being a part of the party platform. Mm. And it's like, you're positioning... Like in, I think in some of their minds, they have the idea that they're going to be the party of Remain. Mm. But I think that it's pretty clear that most of the really crazy liberal Remainers are working far harder on the Labour right yeah. than they are within the Lib Dems because the Lib Dems have nowhere near the reach. They're back to no. being a protest party, except they're also protesting for things without any kind of constituency behind them. So like, yeah. they would have had the, the kind of like professional middle classes, I suppose, traditionally. Um, they never had that. They didn't even have the whole of that, no, because Labour, having been, is it has been a broad church for such a long time that they kind of suck all that up anyway. Yeah. So, what are they? Who are they there for? Like, what what that the Labour right would propose as a kind of centrist, like liberal party? What would they propose that would be different from that? It's like nothing really. No, no, and they've got this weird notion that they that they deserve every vote that's to the left of Thatcher and to the right of Corbyn. Yeah. That everyone who's in that position should vote for them. Yeah. And if they don't, they are stupid. Well, it's... And it's voters love being called stupid. It, it's the party of um, like people who describe themselves as politics junkies. Uh, or, oh, I'm a politics obsessive. I just can't get enough of that good, good politics. And what they really mean is they do really, really love political procedure. Um, they, yeah, they, they, stu- really they study open. political procedure and they've read all of the standard textbooks on politics. Oh. Ignoring the fact that most politics is actually probably best lived through your you know, actual life. Yeah. And, uh, and the things you come across. Did you do politics A level? I did, yes. Was it horrible? Um, it, no, it's it's standard, right? You have the three, usually have like the three questions. So it's like you have one about that. I mean, this was in the late nineties, mm. so it was still kind of smack bang middle of the, the Blair era. Yeah. So you had like, um, uh, how did the new right take over the uh, Conservative Party? The new right meaning neoconservatives, neoliberalism yeah. generally. Um, to what extent has the uh, Labour Party ever been a socialist party? And there was a question about the Liberal Democrats, but I can't remember. <laughs> the question that's was kind of the point, isn't Liberal it? Liberal Democrats? <laughs> question mark. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why Liberal Democrats? <laughs> I can't remember. There was one on the Liberal Democrats, but I cannot remember what the... Oh, it might have been like classic, classical liberal, liberalism and modern liberalism. So it's like classical liberalism is like what we would call... Like free trade, yeah. free trade, night watchman government stuff, laissez-faire government stuff, hmm. and then modern liberalism would be let's introduce a pension for people over seventy-five who are war widows, something like that. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it's very basic, and it it is because it's people's first yeah. time studying political science. But you can take that, you can take that too far because it tends to, yeah, like you say, it tends to study political procedure and how that impacts how well parties and individuals do rather than what's going on in a society that makes people do better or how is popular will frustrated <laughs> i might be showing my particular colors here but how is the how is the popular will frustrated by the mechanisms it has to go to to be expressed in a modern democracy show how democracy cannot possibly work in the modern era <laughs> yeah. with regards to capitalism <laughs> discuss <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so they're, they're those kind of yeah. Liberal Democrats, Lib Dems are weird. They're a weird yeah. group of people. There's a there's no. I don't think other than Europe, there's not really been a lot of policy that I've seen yet. Except well, Vince there Cable's was doing his speech probably right now as we're recording. Oh, is he doing? But, he's doing it right no now. Way yeah? watch, oh, there's okay. no way to watch it. What did Tim Farron say yesterday though? Um, Tim Farron was just trying to say, well, actually, I think you'll find that my crushing defeat was a success because at least the Lib Dems still exist, which is a low bar if ever I've seen. One. He could have done worse. He could have done worse. Um, I thought but... he'd, I thought he'd do worse being a <laughs> vile homophobe. Oh no, I wouldn't have thought he would have done worse because of that. <laughs> well, no, with Lib Dem voters, I thought he would do worse. Yeah, yeah. I thought Lib Dem voters would have like might not have bothered voting for him, or would have voted Green, would have had gone to the achievement ceremonies and voted Green. <laughs> would have the achievement sick- ceremony where their chi gets turned from yellow into green. You saw that the the, the Greens oh, yeah. before their conference they have an achievement ceremony. Well, they have, mind- they they have like- mindfulness stuff, don't they? Yeah. Before, uh, they they sync up their brains to that to like the crystals, and then they all speak in unison to the party. <laughs> <laughs> what did the Green Party believe? Well, we believe this. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking as one. Yeah. Um, Ed Davey came out with. <laughs> Something that was pretty amazing. Um, uh, Ed Davey has never come out with anything that's pretty amazing. I wouldn't say amazing. It was more like so indicative of where they go wrong. Okay. So he was talking about um, energy companies who um, overcharge people or do something that's against competition law. Again, not something that's immoral hmm. or a solution for high energy prices, but... When energy companies, the system that we cannot possibly disrupt, the private control of a utility, we cannot possibly disrupt this. So what we'll do is we'll make sure if they do do wrong, according to this large book of laws and rules I have here, (laughs) if they do do wrong, that they definitely didn't help to um, draw up themselves (laughs) and that purposefully builds in the profit motive and a guaranteed profit into all of those privatised utilities. Yeah. if they do wrong, they should be prosecuted straight in court rather than going through the competitions um, commission. So, um, and his example is, he said, "There's an that's an administrative process. We should actually put people in court and have a prosecutor model as they do in the United States." That's why water in Flint is still undrinkable. <laughs> It's like, ah, yes, we need a tough regulatory framework. Like, oh, I don't know, just off the top of my head, the United States, (laughs) where company execs always play by the rules, and when they don't, they get taken down. (laughs) President. The system, yeah. God, they're so stupid. It's like, of all the places, like, and they're liberals, right? So you would imagine to be a liberal, you have to... I think there are probably a few people who are, like like we said, like politics junkies. Hmm. There are a few people who've come across, like, um, I don't know, like a journalist's book or something on how unfair capitalism is hmm. in some manner. One of those, you know, there was a lot of those kind of books in the, in the 90s, right? Yeah. And the early 2000s. They would have come across those books and read those books and have been led to some kind of conclusion that this system doesn't really work. Hmm. They would have drawn the wrong conclusion from that, hmm. but... They would have come across those books, so they think they would think differently than just everything's just fine. Yeah, and yet that's what you offer. Yeah, I, the I, United States is a perfect example of this thing that I want to do. No, I. It's the worst. There's no. This is why I, I always expect them to do worse than they ever do. Yeah, because the kind of person that's really motivated by, hey guys, let's. Follow the rules and do everything as it's always been done. 
But maybe I'll give you a slight benefit, but they, I probably won't because I'll betray you again and again and again. They, fo- they, they focus on changing specific aspects of a policy that's wrong. Mm. So they're, they're perfectly happy, and that's who votes for them. It's people who complain about the bins. And it's people who complain about too many people parking in an area. I complain like, about my bins. I complain about too many people parking in my area. But I know the vote Lib Dem won't make any fucking difference. Everybody does, but nobody looks for a root. But the people who vote Lib Dem don't for, look for a root cause underneath that. No, they don't go. What what they'll do is like, um, ah, for example, you didn't have your the council pick up your mattress from outside your house. Oh yeah, I had to get rid of a mattress and they didn't um, turn up. And the, the bin men also haven't picked up my recycling for like a, about two weeks now. Yeah. And the Lib Dems would see that as, well, the company that are running it, yeah. they need to be pulled up because they've obviously broken a rule in this rule book. Whereas in reality, it shouldn't be with a private company at all. <laughs> Who, whenever they get, whenever they're too busy because they have to run at a profit motive, so well, they have less people than they do. <laughs> well, the, exa- the example would be like it, those bin men, those um, uh, recycling companies, mm. they need a subsidy. In order to guarantee more vans running a route, yeah, that would be that would be the the tinker around the edge. Fucking hate them. Yeah, so, so that's the Lib Dem. Conference. Yeah, that's the Lib Dem conference. Well, next um, week we'll probably have a long, drawn out, death rattle. <laughs> that's Vince Cable's speech. Um. Yeah. Next we have. We were going to cover this last week, but it kind of like aged out. Yeah. I think. Um, Tony Blair's back. Yeah. He's back. He Have does. you still got the Tony Blair banners and ribbons from last time? Have you put up the Blair tree? <laughs> the Blair tree, yes. It happens to be an exact replica of the hanging tree from Tyburn. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's back. Well, he was. No, this he is confusing because he comes back and goes away so quickly. And now nobody who even remembers who Tony Blair was. <laughs> it's a radical act of forgetting. Um, Just forcing forget me nails into my mouth. <laughs> he suggested that. Um, Brexit could um, not happen if the government in power were willing to uh, negotiate an emergency break on immigration. That's it. Like that's He said, well, you see, people are really concerned about this, so Brexit might not happen if we crack down on immigration. Yay! Go away. <laughs> no, it's... Um, well, the Labour Party are doing that for knee-jerk immigration stuff again. They did it last week, did they? They did it a couple of weeks ago where they suggested yeah. that migrants affected British wages. Yeah. He mentioned... Yeah. Corbyn mentioned it once. I feel like there's still some kind of battle going on mm. within the Labour Party about about that issue. Yeah. And it's, I think it's quite important. It's one of those things where it it's super important. It is a super important issue because it's something that everybody mentions because that's what they've been trained to mention. For a lot of people, the only thing that matters in politics is Mm. immigration. Mm. But with the Brexit vote and the win, it was a kind of win for the traditionally anti-migrant side, even though it might not, nothing in the vote actually entailed that. Most people who you would talk to would talk about migration as the thing that they were concerned about because that's what they've been told is that Brexit was about. Yeah. Um, you can hear my cat has some very loud views. She of has some trenchant opinions. Well, she actually, to be fair, she is always chasing cats out of my garden. 
He said, if we want to deal with those questions, we can deal with them without the sledgehammer that, through Brexit, destroys the EU migration that will actually lead. Brexit is a distraction, not a solution to the problem this country faces. If members of Parliament really believe that, then their obligation is to set out solutions that deal with the actual communities and problems people have and not do Brexit, which is actually going to distract us from those solutions. <laughs> um, His controls on immigration is going to be low-paid workers, isn't it? His solution to immigration was always low pay workers. That yeah. was part of what that was part of what he was happy to do yeah. when he was in power. The thing that I actually wanted to talk about with Blair, because like he yeah. came he came back and he criticized Corbyn and said, Oh well, you know, the usual Brexit combined with an unreconstructed leftist program from Labour will mean we'll be will mean we'll be in very serious trouble. I wonder who the we is mm. in that sentence. 2017, post-financial crisis, post-austerity. Post-austerity? I didn't realise post-austerity had ended. Well... I'm certainly feeling more flush. The Tories were talking about getting rid of um, pay, of um, the freeze on wages, but ever so slightly. <laughs> well, they were talking about getting rid of the pay, the public sector pay cap for yeah. firemen, uh, prison, work, prison guards and police officers. But it's not even by much. It was like it wasn't going to be much. It's scrapping the one percent, which is actually a pay cut year on yeah. year because inflation's higher than one percent. So actually, limiting your pay mm. increase to one percent means that you are losing money every year. Yeah. But anyway, so he's. Two thousand seventeen post financial crisis, post austerity. You've got to listen to what people are saying and react. He said. It's so beautiful coming from Tony Blair because I have never seen a man react as badly to changing circumstances as Tony Blair. He could be on fire and not know how to piss himself out. It's awesome. Um, I did not want to necessarily talk too much about Blair because his moment has passed. The moon, the full moon has waxed yes. away and he's gone back to the swamp. Yep. I wanted to talk about Helen Lewis and an article she wrote. Noted communist About Tony Blair. Noted left-wing deputy editor, <laughs> prominent journalist, Helen Lewis. She wrote an article about how she feels she's being gaslit into hating Tony Blair when she actually doesn't hate him, she likes him. No shit, she likes him. Mm-hmm. Of course she fucking likes him. I don't think anybody... I mean, I don't think anybody particularly pressures her. I think they're probably just pointing out the flaws in her argument that he was a great prime minister for the majority of people. Yeah, the, the, she does. She does bitch a lot about how mean people are to her on Twitter when they point out that she's wrong. Mm. It's my neighbours. I know. <laughs> Let's start it here. My name is Helen, and I have a problem. I don't hate Tony Blair the way I'm supposed to. I don't know what's wrong with me. I was a student during the lead-up to the Iraq War when we spent hour after hour railing against the failure to wait for a UN resolution and the shameless bullying meted out by the popular press to anyone who stood against it. She's not wrong there. Yet my visceral anger has gone, and I think I know why. Last year I noticed a feeling you rarely get as a left-wing commentator. Hmm. The sense of being in tune with a wider consensus. Bash Jeremy Corbyn and you were bathed in support. Your opinion was treated as sensible. Moderate, obviously correct. Oh my God, I thought, this is what it must like be like to be right-wing. You've been right-wing for a long time, don't you? I don't... Last year I noticed a feeling you rarely get as a left-wing commentator. Bash Jeremy Corbyn and you were bathed in support. Right. So that mean you, means you bashed Jeremy Corbyn and you were bathed in... I don't think you were bathed in support. I just think you joined the people who were bashing Jeremy Corbyn. Well, she... Um... She was bitching about it for ages. And if it's that thing of like, well, you write for the New Statesman. Mm. You've always been 
bathed in fucking support from the rest of your ilk. <laughs> and only, and, but only them as well. Yeah. Like, oh, oh she so was like, ah, oh, this is brilliant. It's really great. I'm being treated as sensible, moderate, obviously correct by Matthew Paris. <laughs> so I mean, there's those kind of people that would have gone. Oh, yes, the only I agree pe- with the you. only people whose opinions I actually count as real. <laughs> yeah. There's also a kind of weird thing of, as deputy editor of the New Statesman, and I imagine pulling down a pretty decent salary, yeah. and living a pretty decent lifestyle. I imagine she's earning a lot more than like your average freelance journalist. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's not like she's on the outside all the time, and suddenly she was no. accepted in. No, she's that's a, a weird kind of casting yourself as an outsider. She's a deputy editor of one of the two big political magazines. Yeah. I'm not sure which one I mean, does better, the printed the word is, or... I imagine the Spectator does slightly better because people will just get subscriptions to that and yeah. go with it, but I can't... It's not like she is apart from them. Maybe and her, She's not a dangerous rebel. Yeah. She's not... Well, she's not like... I remember all of the opposition I had when I wrote my article on how Jeremy Corbyn's uh, car parking charges... <laughs> um, uh, Relieving hospital car parking charges was a terrible mistake, and I remember being demonised. <laughs> well, yeah, she liked it because um, she's another one of those ones who does things about how. Well, that was it. She did an article a while ago about how the work-life balance in this country has too much life and not enough work. <laughs> like any left winger. Yeah, that was the thing that she wrote. That was huh. the thing she wrote. Dangerous radical Helen Lewis. <laughs> You're not working hard enough. Yeah. Uh, she continues, that realisation has since tempered my criticisms of the current Labour leader. Has it? What? I mean, it hasn't, because the very day that she released that article, she came out with, it may will come as a horrible shock to someone here that people will still die as a result of government policies if, stroke, when Corbyn is PM. She'd been pushing that one for a while. Like, left-wingers don't realise that people die of poverty <clears throat> even when you're trying to stop them from dying of poverty. So, you, so that... therefore, you shouldn't try to stop them from yeah. dying of poverty. It's the same logic that they have for like um that th- those kind of people have for well we need to keep on selling weapons to the Saudis yeah because if we don't sell them someone else will sell them yeah so. and then there'll be much worse weapons not good honest British made weapons yeah they always completely ignore the fact that the people who are with the Saudi military t- telling them exactly how to use those weapons are British soldiers yeah they're the ones who t- teaching them how to triple tap <laughs> they were that was us yeah we, we taught them that one so, yeah so you bomb the uh... You bomb, you bomb a school, then you bomb the hosp- the ambulances that turn up. The first up. responders, yeah. yeah. And then you wait a bit. And then you bomb the funerals. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if we didn't do it, then, you know, the Russians would do it. <laughs> that realisation has since tempered my criticisms of the current Labour leader. Yes, I might think that abolishing tuition, tuition fees is a worse use of money than rolling back benefit cuts, but that doesn't mean I think Labour's manifesto was a joke compared to the magnificence of Theresa May's offering. That's sarcasm. My occasional disapproval of Corbyn is not an endorsement of the alternative. Occasional disapproval of Corbyn when you like you're the deputy ed- deputy editor of a magazine that constantly te- told everyone not to vote for Jeremy Corbyn. It, I, she's rewrite because she, she's rewriting history. She's yeah, going back and, and, remem- and remembering it. The election not only didn't happen, hmm. not only is Corbyn still not a feasible leader, hmm. but he was. But actually, I supported him all along. Yeah, realizing that he wasn't a feasible what. Unfortunately, I think the eager Blair bashers of the left are luxuriating in the same warm bath of consensus, following the line encouraged by the right for all it, for its own purposes. 
that the sin of Iraq is all we should remember of the new Labour era. Tony Blair, war criminal, take your opinions about Shawstart elsewhere. No, I don't want to hear about the minimum wage. The thing is with... So here's this, the other, here's the other like side of her casting herself as an outsider mm. in the first kind of few paragraphs. Yeah. She then casts everybody who opposes her as some kind of hive mind. Yeah. And it's so strange. One of the salient features of centrist journalists and kind of anti-Corbyn journalists mm. is they have always had the idea that if a lot of people think a thing, that thing must by default be wrong. Yeah. It's a really weird tick. It's becoming more and more prevalent now with the use of populist as a slur. Yes, yeah, and absolutely. And using saying populist rather than popular. Yeah. And it's like... Yeah. Never, never trying to explain what populist means beyond it's a bad thing. Mm. And it's trying to conjure images of... It's trying to conjure images of Hitler crowds yeah. and being the one person who doesn't do the Nazi salute, you know, in that yeah. photo. Yeah. The one person who doesn't do the Nazi salute or the lone Soviet dissident against the secret police. Because, I mean, to be honest, a lot of these people, even though they might not have been around in the Cold War, that mould of liberalism, mm. that kind of anti-left liberalism, has its mould in the contours of the Cold War. Yeah. It's why they love all of those like dissident um, intellectuals from the Cold War who, after the Cold War, turned out to be massive fascists. Like, yeah. um, what's his name? Gulag Archipelago. Um, Solzhenitsyn. Yeah. Solzhenitsyn is in, was insane. Mm. He was a, a, an anti-Semite. He was a proper, like, mad Russian Orthodox, like, Russian... White, white Russian supremacist, I suppose, yeah. is the closest thing you could say. Um, and they all take their mould from that because they want to be, um, they want to be the Winston in um, 1984. Yeah. But they want to win at the end. Yeah. And it's, they did win at the end, and then they're left floundering like this. It's um, and it's I've noticed it's a thing that Tony Blair defenders or they do bring up short start and the minimum wage. Mm. Short start wasn't enough, and minimum wage isn't enough. Yeah. Um, and Tony Blair didn't just do Iraq, short start, and minimum wage. Yeah. He did a lot of other bad things. PFIs. Yeah. He set the stage for private... It's always the thing of whenever they mention things like um, the minimum wage Mm. or, yeah, sure start, if you say that, or any of the kind of... Or tax credits. Better, better... better, Yeah, yeah, tax credits being a perfect example. It's like, oh, well, uh, things were all right after that then. Yeah. It's like, no. No, they weren't, were they? Because what happened in 2008, everything fell apart and... They immediately started impl- like the next government could immediately wipe all that away, and yeah. you're in poverty. Yeah, they do mention she does mention um, gay rights as a thing, uh, the the changing of norms around homosexuality and LGBT mm. issues. That was a good thing. That's the kind of thing that they should have been doing about everything else as well at the same time. Yeah, because they changed that norm in a way that it's going to be very difficult to go back. It would be very difficult to recriminalise homosexuality in in those in those ways. Well, a lot of that yeah. stuff was like it's not something that that Tony Blair forced through against like a country that didn't want it, and he did it for everyone's good and benefit. Mm. He did it because people were generally in favour of it. Well, I mean, there was still it was like the gay marriage. Kind of, I think it was like 90, 1995, She mentions this in the article. In nineteen ninety five, I think it was like forty percent of people had a negative view of homosexuality. By two thousand and five, it was like less than twenty percent. Yeah, that's a 
that's a thing where he did he you can take a lead in that kind of thing and yeah the pressure had been mounting for years but you did need someone to actually yeah. well, put that into turn that support into legislation like, I do a, understand that's that. a cartoon that's all around that goes around on the internet quite a lot of um, a bunch of politicians watching uh, approval rate and graph go up and as soon as it hit 57% they pretend they always liked it yeah and that's I have no I, yeah, it's, tr- it's true hmm. like he did do those things but there was so much else about his legacy, so much else of the toxic stuff that he brought in, mm. the PFIs that hospitals are still paying off now. The Making general, the office of Prime Minister President. Yeah. The, well, the, the general impetus of all government solution to be through the private sector. Yeah. Which costs more and has, left, has worse results that we are now seeing the kind of end game of with the NHS. Having the power... To do do something about taxation, but really just lowering it all mm. massively, and you know, cozying up and open, and also what he did to the Labour Party. Yeah. They can talk about Jeremy Corbyn having all these like all these new members of the Labour Party and how they're changing the shape of the Labour Party. He did it first. Yeah, he was like he specifically made sure that that party was full of absolute monsters. You know, to be like fair to him, he rea- like a lot of liberal leftists at that point, he reacted to the situation in the early 90s. Mm. And the idea that you would then call on him in 2017 as like a smart, knowledgeable, he's got the answer because yeah. there is only one answer to electoral success ever. There's one answer and it's always the same answer no matter what the context. Yeah. She continues uh, later on in the article, unfortunately, the remembering self finds it hard to hold on to these facts about Hmm. sure start and minimum wage and all that. Finds it hard to hold on to these facts given the horrors of Iraq and Blair's oligarch-tickling post-premiership career. Forgetting about Blair's mid-premiership oligarch-tickling career. It's like, this was, that wasn't, people weren't mad at him because he suddenly started cozying up to oligarchs and the rich. He had already done that. Mm. In fact, he got elected with some support mm. from the oligarchs who he was tickling before he was prime minister. Yeah. It's totally it's just rewriting his his premiership. Jeremy Corbyn won the Labour leadership by promising a break with the party's compromised past. His supporters now use Blairite as their most deadly insult. It's not their most deadly insult. Tory is their most deadly insult, just mm. get it right. I don't think Tony Blair should be forgiven, in quote marks. I have no interest in defending a war I didn't support, but I do feel a bit like a useful idiot when Blair appears on television to defend internationalism or call Brexit a disaster, and the right demands that the left join it in furious condemnation of his very existence. The right don't attack Blair anywhere near as much as the left do because she makes the point that the right are scared of Tony Blair. That's why they want him to go away, because they're scared that his electoral magic will infuse their opposition with the ability to unseat them from power. Mm. Let me tell you a little secret. The right aren't scared of Tony Blair. The right are Tony Blair. <laughs> well, um, Alistair Campbell was on the Tony radio Blair this morning the right. def- saying the reason why people get so angry at Tony Blair was because they couldn't land a punch on him the entire time he was Prime Minister and now they're still desperate to do it because he's such an amazing politician. It's like, no, he's a... No, no, that isn't. It wasn't right. that they couldn't land a punch on him, it's because they couldn't land an orange jumpsuit on him. <laughs> yes. She goes on, 20 years after he won a landslide victory, and his name, <laughs> and with his name supposedly, yeah, 20 years after. 
The thing is, it's like he didn't win a landslide victory in all those other no, elections like that he won. No, it's twenty years after he won a landslide victory, and like the ratings for Skins, it never had that same mm. level ever again. It went down and down and down and down and down. Tony and Blair's down pilot, down. very promising. <laughs> yes, Tony Blair's pilot was very promising. With his name supposedly mud among all virtuous people, the right is still frightened of him. As I've said, the right aren't frightened of him. Mm. And if you listen to his words, his ability to analyse and his interest in understanding more, I can see why. So if that's the game, let's see how the right reacts when we point out that David Cameron's austerity caused untold misery or that Kim Jong-un's desire for nukes is influenced by our intervention in Libya. I suspect we will discover that there are limits to owning your mistakes. It's one of those weird ones where she's attacking someone, in she's attacking a straw man, mm. but also using arguments that no one has ever used against her. Yeah. She's, Tony she's, Blair doesn't want to be forgiven because Tony Blair in his own head didn't do anything wrong. No, no, he's never And done also suffered no consequences. Oh, God, no. It's not like he's a persona he's, non grata. He's been rewarded massively for all yeah. of his all of his mistakes. He is richer and more powerful within the elite circles he moves in mm. than he has ever been. He there's no there's no rehabilitation because nothing ever happened in the first place. Yeah. We haven't got over the punishment yet. <laughs> he never got anything. Like they've tried to I, He got away with it. Yeah. Chilcott never landed anything on him because no. I mean that wasn't its remit in any case. No. But even his apology after Chilcott was um I would like to apologize more than anyone. Uh, no, it was I offer more apologies and um, sympathy than you can ever know. He he came out after Chilcott and apologised without actually saying sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he can't even say sorry. No. Like, numerous courts have ruled that he can't be tried. Mm. You know, he set off this huge genocidal chain of events in the Middle East. He set himself up as a peace envoy after that. Yeah. That's not a man who can be forgiven because there's no mechanism or human morality ch- clause that covers this. Yeah, it's... There's no, I don't know, some ethical like dilemma like prisoners, you know, the prisoner problem or anything. There's yeah. no ethics question set up here because it's all based on the idea that somebody wants to do right and can understand the difference between right and wrong. <laughs> if anything, it's like punishing a dog where you've got to like shove his nose in a pile of napalm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's he's never gonna think. He's like Kissinger. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, he's like Kissinger or Clinton mm. or any of these people that don't think that they've done wrong because well, they never have to feel any consequences. They've never had to feel any. Consequences they've engineered it. They've engineered a society in which they don't have to, and that's kind of the problem mm. because people like him don't have to suffer the no. the consequences of what he's done. No. And the worst part, just to finish this off, like the worst part of him coming back every like three months or so, we should have a Blair ticker or something, a Blair yeah. clock to see if, if there's some kind of so many days since Blair last to see if history has a mathematics about it. <laughs> to see if, you know Maybe he does come with the weaning of a season. <laughs> he comes with the spring wind. <laughs> The worst thing about him coming back every now and again is that he re-inflames the same argument every time he comes back. And every time he comes back, he becomes a different symbol to a different, like, terrible centrist or terrible liberal. Yeah. 
he comes back with exactly the argument. Maybe that's why he's so successful. Like he is still got a little bit of that snake oil left in that he comes back with exactly the argument that someone like Helen Lewis wants that particular week or that particular fortnight. Hmm. It's um there is something about the kind of people who defend him. It's like, but look, he he followed the rules. Look at all these cases where that yeah. you know all the things, and that's their issue. If you if he you, did good while following the rules, yeah, it's um it's that notion that there is no such thing as an a completely immoral act if yeah. it's followed the rules. Yeah, because the rules are good. The rules are the thing that are most important. Yeah, as long as we have the rules, there is no good or evil. Uh. I suppose it's it, it's also because. Liberals, especially now, don't have a central kind of basis for their beliefs. Mm. So all they have is personalities. I mean, it's why Clinton... Mm. It's why the Clinton, the Hillary Clinton thing is, is happening. Because they don't have a book or a central set of yeah, beliefs they, that they lay down how society... Well, it's not that they believe in nothing. It's just that what they believe is very nebulous and not really thought out that well. Mm. And so they go on to personalities rather than... Um, particular beliefs so yeah. it's like well Hillary Clinton said it and she's the one I'm supporting so and the rules allow me for me to support a person rather than a set of beliefs so therefore uh, it's horrible yeah okay so now onto the Tories this last two weeks mm-hmm. they've been doing some standard Tory backbiting <laughs> really haven't they yeah there's um what's it yesterday Boris said exactly how he'd do Brexit before Theresa May could say how she was intending to do Brexit. Well, they, so they've got... they've, <laughs> Which is a switch, you know. So they've passed they've passed the EU Brexit bill now, mm. the second reading yeah. of the thing that will give them the Henry VIII powers that yeah, will transpose that do what they want. EU law into British law as and like a placeholder. Get, and they get to choose what they... And, they get to pick and choose what they're going to keep, but without yeah. any vote. There was, you know, the usual day-long railing against Jeremy Corbyn for, oh, you could have stopped it, and it's like he tried to stop it, and people voted against him, and yeah, yeah. Hmm. And then we've had a week where all of the kind of political intricacies from the leadership campaign and the lost election have actually started to come out within the Tory party. Yeah. So Boris came out and did a an interview where he reinforced his 350 million pounds a week back from the EU which is claim. which is still not true. It's not in any way true. We get back about half of that 350 million um pounds a yeah. week. We get that back in the form of uh, infrastructure subsidies, farming yeah. subsidies, all that kind of jibber-jabber. So yeah. if you were going to give £350 million a week to the NHS, you would be taking it out yeah, of somewhere else. roads, infra- mm. like, yeah, mm. things like that. It's still not true, and he has really, really gone after it. And yeah. he's started to attack Theresa May. Yeah. Kind it's, of subtly, but... It's not subtle. Yeah, I, there was he was on the radio this morning, and there was a lot of talk of um, there was a lot of car metaphors. Um, Theresa May's in the driving seat. I'm in the passenger seat. I don't want to be in the driving seat. Mm. Ugh, I hate car metaphors in politics. <laughs> I really do, because it's like no, it's just it's a terrible metaphor anyway. Um, because people in the passenger seat literally have absolutely no. If power. we were on the Romaniacs podcast right now, um, <laughs> we would be talking about them. Yeah, he's in the passenger seat as we drive off a cliff. <laughs> And they would continue the car metaphor. <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, if we were in a Volvo, a European car! 
I did hear a good a good idea of why Boris is being a prick again. Yeah. And at first I was thinking maybe he's going for a leadership bid. Yeah. Um, Jacob Rees-Mogg is so... Because Jacob Rees-Mogg has been the one that everybody talks about as, well, he should be the leader. But Jacob Rees-Mogg would be a terrible leader. The yes. German, Jacob Rees-Mogg is... He, he, he is a, a massive throwback. I'd like to think that we have... That they have enough context to realise how terrible a leader he would be. Mm. But then, this is 2017. Yeah. Up is down, black is white, cats are dogs. Yeah. You know? Um, but, so I was thinking, like, Dave, um, yeah, I was thinking they'd be Boris running for leader yep. with Jacob Rees-Mogg in his little group. Sure. Um, and that's the way of making Jacob Rees-Mogg palatable to um, the kind of person that supposedly Boris Johnson appeals to. Yeah. Um, but you can't have two of the... You can have one clown, but you can't have two, and they're both too similar to each other for you to be yeah, able to do that because as, that as can you imagine them on a podium together yeah, as like I don't know appalling. leader deputy leader or leader chancellor yeah. something like that but the thing is I, there's someone was saying it um, yesterday or today that maybe Boris just wants to be sacked that he just wants to be sacked He's, he wants to be done he wants to be kicked out because then Brexit is not his fault mm. if he quits he's, he's just like ditching and then he'll be blamed for that yeah whereas if he gets fired for if he gets fired for talking about the legitimate concerns of the Tory right, mm. then he'll still be the hero of the Tory right. Well, it's a weird thing because the Tory right is at once not in the ascendancy, but also there's only them left. Well, the thing is, they're never they're never really because Osborne's got Osborne and Cameron have gone, who would yeah. have been considered on the like make the Tories nice. sweet and nice wing. Yeah. I can't even really say the Tory left. I don't. The thing is, the Tory right, liberal Tory left, I suppose. Like, yeah, the Tory right, it's not in ascendancy, and it's never really in ascendancy. No. It's just a solid core that will never go away. Yeah, never changing. Because it's like, the um, it's that horrible civil servant in um, a very British coup. It's the, the Tory right has been there for a thousand years. It has <laughs> many names. It's gone by many names at its time. But the thing is, they're unified. They're always unified. There's only five of them, but yeah. they're super unified. And that's that's their 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 power, especially when the Tories are falling apart. Because mm. the only other person, the other person I would imagine standing up against him would be David Davis. But then David Davis, to be because he's and he can't win. he's although Boris and and probably Rhys Mogg would be on the they'd be on the Tory right, but they would use the state to achieve their goals. Yeah. I think a lot more heavily than David Davis, who has a reputation as like he's the libertarian hard right. So yeah. that hard right cleavage, even the hard right in the Tory yeah. party, kind of cleaves in two different directions. Yeah. Well, David Davis. <clears throat> but then he's he also caught up. He's getting a lot of flack all the time about uh, mishandling the Brexit negotiations. He's the face of the Brexit yeah. negotiations, which have become a laughing stock. Yeah. Well, there's um, there's uh, even if they are or they aren't, the fact that he's on the front page with that attached to him all that time, hmm. means his well, stock devalues. A friend of ours was pointing out that what he reckons the Tories want with Brexit, and the reason mm. why it's going the way it is, yeah. is they want no deal. They want the final mm. gift that the EU will give the Tory party is a thing to blame forever. They've used it to blame for every single failing before. Yeah. And now, when if they get no deal, and say that we couldn't have a deal because it was such a bad deal... They'll blame the EU for it, even though it was all their fault. Mm. And they'll try and like blame it on that. Because that's what they do. They like to blame other people for their own failures. It was for the next... Which for, is for why the... Boris is trying to get sacked. And it's why they're trying to get 
the the Brexit stuff to be really bad. It's just like for the next decade, they've got the unnamed other mm. that they can blame for it. They've had immigration, but they've run that kind of into the ground. And with Brexit, they promised an actual end, an mm. actual solution to it. So if it goes on after that, then they can either be blamed... If, if people are still poor after mm. Brexit, yeah. they can blame it on immigration, but they'll have been in charge for kind of 10 years. Yeah. And so then could be blamed for not doing anything about it. But with the way the world's going, what will happen is they'll end up blaming Europe so much that within about five years we'll be going to war with France. <laughs> Fall back on the old patterns. Yeah, they'll like they'll decide that we need to go to war in the Iberian Peninsula. <laughs> Normally I would say that's insane, but it's 2017, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, traffic, what else have the Tories done? Um, there was a small thing. Oh. I mean, there's a thing that fucking sucks. Um, so parla- when Parliament reopened, obviously, the big first thing was the Brexit bill. The second thing that they did <clears throat> was they introduced a bill under the name Selection Committee, Nomination to General Committees. That sounds boring. Yeah, it does. But like all boring things, it's also deadly. Yeah. Usually, standing committees, which cover things like security, home affairs, drug policy, things like that, um, have a balance of Labour and Conservative and independent MPs sitting on them. I don't think you can be on them if you're in the shadow cabinet or the cabinet. Yeah. They've re-engineered it so that the vote will... So that the makeup of these committees will be... Like, I think it's... I think it's like four... Usually four Tories, four Labour and one Independent to break the tie. And they're going to make it into five Tories, three Labour and one Independent. Thus permanently engineering standing committees so that they will always have a Conservative majority. And these are the the committees that scrutinise all the legislation. They're the ones who have to go through it with a fine tooth comb. That's stupid. And present their findings in public. And I assume this went through easily in Parliament. I actually don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible. This is the worst research I've done. <laughs> no, there was an article by um, Oid Petig in the New Socialist. Yeah. Um, OIDPTG. Yeah. Um, which kind of recounts this. You know, Tories, they're always trying to. They will go outside. They're, it's the mainly the thing that separates them from liberals is mm. that they are absolutely willing to engineer the rules in their favour at any time in any way they can. Oh, yeah. They have no scruples about yeah, that. No shame in it. And all of this Brexit bill stuff, the, the actual kind of argument over it should be, should have been followed as Jeremy Corbyn is trying, in the direction that Der- Jeremy Corbyn is trying to push it in. Yeah. Which is, you want a Brexit that won't make a country a one-party state. Yeah. Well, it's, um, there's also, it's one of the problems with the, rem- the hardcore Remainers. Instead mm. of, working in the conditions that we're in and trying to get the best out of it, they're completely ignoring it. Well, the thing is that they're working in the... They're they're trying to work outside the system and trying to have the outsider cred, but also they are only doing it in support of a status quo and a system that already hurts people. Mm. So they've got the the worst of both things. If you were wholly opposed to the parliamentary system as it exists, which, you know, I can definitely understand, and Mm. probably am, for the most part, you would go with that. You would be a permanent outsider, never run for parliament, and God knows there's enough history of the left doing that. Mm. You would run outside parliament, you would not run for council elections, you would, I don't know, arm yourself and go to the hills or whatever they were planning on doing, or, you know, 
doing things outside Parliament. But they're not for that. No. They are for the, fully the parliamentary system as it exists, except they're also working outside it. <laughs> <laughs> they're setting up a campaign and then blowing its legs off before they even start. <laughs> it is just, yeah, it's just rigging. Hmm. It's like with the, it's like when they redraw up um, constituency boundaries, yeah, and suddenly you lose a load of Labour seats, as they did in two thousand and twelve, I think it was. Yeah, um, and they do it all the time. It's why if you just look at constituency maps, hmm. they look really weird. Yeah, they're they ger- they're gerrymandered to ensure kind of split Labour. Yeah, or split opposition. Yeah, it's like um, constituency. One of the weird ones is the Chatham and Ellsford. Yeah. Yeah. Because, well, Ellsford. Yeah, that's a yeah. weird one. It's a bit away from the middle of Chatham. Yeah. It's like, it basically, it's like a circle around Chatham, and then it goes like a straight line along the motorway to Ellsford, and then it balloons out over this Tory village. <laughs> it's fucking wrong. But yeah, that's, you know, that's what the Tories do. Tories mm. do but it's, it's disgusting that no one really stops it. Mm. The only thing we can hope now is that they are in because they are in the terminal phase. Mm. They are in the "you gave me this disease, why did you give me this disease?" Mm. phase that all governments go through, but they've never really had a consistent majority no. to ever work with. Because I mean, they were in coalition up until two thousand fifteen, and then it's a really small... and then it was two thousand fifteen to two thousand sixteen when the EU referendum happened, and then Cameron resigned. They mm. haven't had that long period of of stability and getting what they want mm. that a government usually has to point back to its record. Yeah. They've literally... They've done... They haven't even done anything that they said they wanted to do. They've taken... To be fair, they've taken away a lot of things and they have... Their idea was that if you took away... I mean, it's the well, typical like right-wing conservative thing. Mm. If you take away people's benefits, they'll be forced to work. Therefore, mm. they'll make more taxes. Therefore, they'll make more jobs. Therefore... It will all live in the capitalist paradise that they've always been promising. They can, I suppose, technically point to the fact that they weren't in charge and couldn't get away with everything they wanted. Mm. So all they had was the punishment bit of that. All they yeah. had was the stick and never had the carrot. But mm. I don't actually, given their kind of diluted ideological outlook, yeah. I don't think they have a carrot. There is no, no carrot not. at the end of any of this. No, there's no The carrot Tory at the carrot. minute is Corbyn in, and whatever Corbynism can offer for the future. Mm. That's the carrot. That's why people are so fucking excited because it's the first carrot they've seen in so long. Mm. We'll get an idea of when the next election is likely to happen at conference, won't we? Yeah, I imagine the fact that this is happening now means that he's kind of testing the waters to see if he's got enough support so that she can be got rid of before the conference, mm. which is, I believe, the first week of October. And then we have a rank outsider run through and become leader of the Conservative Party, and we have Prime Minister Dan Hannan. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's an MEP. Oh, is he even an MEP anymore? He's an MEP. Yeah? Yeah. They'll make him Lord Dan of Hannon. They would. They would. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Lord Dan. <laughs> um, yeah, what else is there? Oh, the electoral abuse. Oh, yeah. As a, an addendum to this, the other, um, the other debate that happened the first week that Parliament was reopened was the debate into ele- uh, abuse and intimidation of candidates during the general election. So Diane Abbott? Yes. Just uh, mostly, mainly Diane Abbott? Mostly Diane Abbott. Uh, research was conducted by Amnesty International into abuse directed at women MPs. It revealed that Diane Abbott received almost half, 45% of all abusive tweets in the run-up to the election. Fuck. Um, 
and the rest was as you might expect. Black and Asian women MPs were more likely to be subjected to abuse. The online abuse did cut across party lines, affecting women from all UK political parties. Hmm. And somehow the Electoral Commission have come out with the idea that social media trolls who abuse politicians online should be banned from voting. So what do they consider abuse? Because Jess Phillips considers using the word neoliberal to be abuse. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So it's basically going to mean that if you swear at a politician, you can't vote. Um, That's what they'd like. That's what that's what they would. It's like. obviously what they would. Well, they really want like. they want to close Twitter that part of Twitter down because they feel like as public figures they have to be on there, but they don't actually want to engage with anybody on a substantial level. Don't go on Twitter. Yeah, they shouldn't, mm. but they want to, mm. and they're MPs, so they should be allowed to. And they're MPs because they're more important than you. Yeah, yeah, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, it? yeah. I saw the um, what's it? Um, Bob Stewart mm. with definitely, definitely not a fake story said that um, his son's teacher banned kids from talking to his son because he's a Conservative MP. That sounds like something kids would be able to do. Yeah, that sounds like something that would definitely... That sounds like something that definitely happened. Yep. Um, I know stuff that did happen with um, Bob Stewart, like um, referring to a female journalist for The Spectator, I think, as Totty. Um, (laughs) Like, I think, in Strangers Bar. um, Falling asleep during a debate on... I think it was a debate... On the bedroom tax, it was a it was a debate where it was just an abstract art performance, <laughs> and he just demonstrating that you could fall asleep anywhere. That <laughs> anywhere is technically a bedroom. <laughs> but yeah, he's a piece of shit, Bob Stewart. And I don't believe that that thing. And it is going to be that. That's what they're not going. They're not going to focus on the fact that Diane Abbott gets all kinds of abuse from no. people like Jess Phillips. In so fact, maybe she were, should be banned from voting. There were a few people on Twitter who were. Um, producing like big pie charts and things mm. talking about how it was the SNP that SNP female excuse me FM SNP female MPs actually received the most abuse except they had a little star at the bottom mm. saying if you exclude Diane Abbott oh, yeah. one person yeah why do people hate Diane Abbott so much like i can definitely everybody i come across they don't know any politicians they don't know anybody else on the labor front bench mm. They will have a massive go at Diane Abbott because um, everybody knows who she is. She's she's a fat black woman who's in charge. It's that she's she's got the she got but, the triple threat of she's black mm. and therefore it brings out all the old racists. Yeah, she's fat, so there's like the implication that you know she's lazy and stupid, mm. and she's a woman. Yeah, and it's all of those things coalesce into this one person who, in reality is quite smart and capable. Yeah. Which just pisses them off even more. Also, she talks... She's, like, not... She doesn't back down that much. She's quite good at, she like, seems standing to, up to it. Like, I saw that there were people complaining that she used the N-word. Um, oh, and the, my the best God, thing about yeah. That like, Did you see that? She used the Fuck. N-word in describing what people were saying to her. She was on, she was on Good Morning. And, yeah. And uh, she was describing the, the abuse, abuse she'd seen. She'd had. Yeah. And... Like the number, like if you search Diane Abbott that day on the like Google News tab, all it was was like Diane Abbott fury as she says the N word and a white woman has to sh- shut her up yeah. and say, You can't say that at this time in the morning. And it's like, Yep, you've all got your priorities straight. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's stupid. It's, um, there's a lot of people on um, like left Twitter with, what's it, Abbott's Law, 
No, I don't know. Oh, it's um, the, if someone has a terrible opinion, if you go back through their um Twitter timeline, you'll see that they've been bitching about Diane Abbott as well. <laughs> it's just the thing that they they all love to do. I mean, I suppose I definitely bitched about Diane Abbott. Um, I have done that before, like with the private education thing and yeah, some, the education thing. Stuff that she's I been there. She's been there for a long time, and she was kind of. She was pretty New Labour, but she was always on the left. I don't like the way she was on um, daily politics with um, and doing all those kind of things because I, I don't understand how someone could sit on a sofa with those people. Um, <laughs> yeah, but they used stuff, to be. They were. I've they heard. were daily politics. We always used to be a bit more chatty. Mm. Like it's only recently that Andrew Neil has. It's literally since he's got a Twitter account, and you can yeah. see what he's thinking day to day, yeah. an hour to hour, that mm. you feel the real kind of exactly what he thinks because he's got his media personality on TV the important place and then his real persona mm. on Twitter and um you know there's some stuff about Diane Abbott in like the 80s mm. and stuff and how she was like there's some people I know who are old lefties mm. um and but even then they've they've come around yeah they've come around to it because it was like people People say and do things when they're younger that they don't really. It's one of those things I don't say. I suppose it's like it's the my main criticisms of her is she's a Labour MP. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like Labour MPs really. I you know Jeremy Corbyn's fine and he's got all kinds of great momentum behind him and he's got good ideas and all this Mm. kind of stuff. But I still don't trust Social Democrats. But I've got no particular problem with Diane Abbott. I've got real particular problems with other Labour MPs. Significantly more problems. I've got, and but even then, I don't fret to rape them on Twitter. I just say things like "You're an idiot" or mm. like Stella Creasy. She she was um tweeting lies. Yeah. She said that more there's more refugees from Venezuela than there are are from Syria, and that's not true. Mm. That's significantly not true. And then when people pointed this out, she got all annoyed and then said that, oh, it was um, it was some cons- some Tory MP had told her this in Parliament. It's like, yeah. It's like, oh, why shit. Do they, why do they not have a greater sense of why a Tory MP would lie about that? Because they're idiots. It's like, right, you know that they hate Venezuela. They hate the possibility of Venezuela. Even if Venezuela, even if things were all good right now in Venezuela and the government was not undergoing this huge, like, turmoil. Well, they believe it because turmoil. they think <clears throat> it too. The, the Labour right think that they don't like socialism. Mm. They hate it. Hmm. But they want to like it. No, they don't. No, the that Labour was right... always that was always no, the thing that the there was. Right, the Labour... That was the Blair thing, wasn't it? It was well, we want socialism, but we're going to have to take quite a roundabout route where we're going to have to pretend well, no, to be capitalists, and it doesn't work. No, it doesn't. It clearly doesn't fucking work. <laughs> you um, can see any Labour right wing MP? Yeah, um, but yeah, what happens is you know someone will like someone like Stella Creasy will say a lie, mm. and then she'll be called a liar, mm. and then she'll scream abuse. And yes, there'll probably be some people who say I've seen like she retweets some of the horrific abuse she gets, and it's it's appalling, and she shouldn't have to deal with that kind of stuff. But she should be should have to deal with people criticizing things that she says. Yeah. Um, And swearing is an abuse. Mm. Swearing while threatening to kill someone is abuse. Yeah. But yeah, it's um, and the idea of taking away votes is like. Yeah, that's not the greatest kind of advert advertisement for. A democracy. Well, let me tell you again about how democracy doesn't work in a capitalist society. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's insane. It's just the kind of one, like the one, two. I would say one, two punch, but one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine punch. Mm. Of at the same time, there seems to be a pivot towards away from democratic methods in the way that they deal with problems. Mm. It's it's not a new thing. Certainly, like you could talk about all the raft of like. Um, 
like uh, anti-black crime bills hmm. that have gone through, the kind of general attitude towards disciplining the police for things like that. But even on the, a kind of political scale, hmm. you're kind of the first thing you do is you threaten to take away people's votes, yeah. and then you threaten to rig the standing committees, and then you threaten to do a Brexit bill whereby even the people that you vote for in Parliament don't get a, a vote. Mm. It's like, it's a very it's a very weird time to not be a fan of parliamentary democracy, and yet the most urgent fight is to <laughs> fight for parliamentary democracy. Yeah. It's a... Oh, the thing is... It fucking think... sucks. It feels so shit. I don't want... I don't want any of this. I don't want <laughs> a Parliament in this form. But... The idea that people can look at Twitter... I like ignoring the rest of the world yeah. on Twitter. Look at British Twitter mm. and look at it and go, hmm, do you know what? That person that said that Jess Phillips should shut her mouth, he doesn't deserve a vote. Mm. But Himmler, 1488, <laughs> who is posting <clears throat> pictures of synagogues <laughs> and saying that they should all be burned down, he's, he hasn't sworn at all. <laughs> he's very polite. <laughs> I may not agree with what Kekistani Voyevode 88 says. Yeah. But I will defend to the death his right to say it. Yeah, exactly. Unless he swears. Unless he swears, or yeah. Yeah, and it's... Oh, oh. It seems like a very knee-jerk response to something that they don't really understand either. They're still... Yeah, they don't ...still understand. getting to grips with well, tr- what tr- what trolling is. Yeah. Because it's, it's most for the most part, it's not trolling. No, it's not. It's just abuse. It's... Actual abuse. It's like send it. if if there's something that you wrote in a letter mm. that would get you locked up for mm. threatening to kill someone. It's the same as if you were sending it in a tweet. It's just easier to send. Yeah. Like uh, how is that that hard? Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's us. That's us for the week. Um, as usual, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and you can follow us uh, Twitter on, at WDTATW underscore podcast. You can follow Hugh at Tanner Smashing and you can follow me at BM Bergamo. That's it for episode 29. Thanks cool. very much. Thanks. Bye. Bye. about the fighting game when Mr. Hoover said to come